Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Look, stranger, at this planet now. Floating serenely and politically incorrect in its lonely corner of the Milky Way. It is hard to tell when tens of miles above the Earth that there is so much going on, unknown and undreamt of by most of its inhabitants, dramatic and mysterious beyond their wildest imaginings. And it is hard to tell that behind just one of the perhaps larger, more affluent sequin glimmers of light, a fashionable detached dwelling on a hill in Budley Salterton, that extreme indecision has wrapped itself around the mind of the man called Jürgen Ferbelsen, as he hangs upside down over the stairwell, his leg trapped around a banister, his new vacuum cleaner clutched in his right hand, a yellow duster in the other. Motes of dust swirl elegantly in the moonbeam. He follows their spiraling dance with his large and liquid eyes, as a sort of slack hopelessness smooths his face into an expression of slack hopelessness. Some of the tiny dancers settle mockingly on the sleeve of his dark red velvet smoking jacket, and daintily he brushes them away and once again they take up the dance. But we shall leave the man called Jürgen Ferbelsen for now. Let us wing our way across the indigo expanse of cloud-filled sky. Oh, I love the speed. How I do love this speed. Mind that stealth bomber. And onward, now, to the church below, where a man stands naked and alone atop the tower next to a stone gargoyle. His name is Theodosius Pennington. Unshaven and shivering, his head aches, and a stupid dumbness plagues his thinking, as though of vodka he had drunk, yet no alcohol has passed his Corinthian lips. His hand strokes the head of the gargoyle, his fingers delicately follow the grain of the stone. Pigeons coo from the buttresses and strut around his well-proportioned feet like they own the place or something. Oh, hello, little pigeons. Yet sorry I'm not very talkative, but I'm quite confused tonight. I know I'm naked, and I know I'm here, but I don't know how or where or why. I'm quite traumatised at the moment. What's that, Pab? No, sorry, I don't. But there's very few surprises in the Premier Division. I suppose it's all glamour and fast-paced action at the price of predictability nowadays. Thunder growls in the distance, and he raises his face to the sky. The night settles into its deepest dark. Then his eyes narrow at the ominous play and chiaroscuro of light, growing in intensity in an oddly low and fast-moving cloud unerringly approaching his position. Yea, and thrice yea to the awareness of our nested cosmic consciousness. What is your name, human? My name. What is your name? 
Diog? This is not on the list of possibilities. Very well. We do not require your presence, human. For the purposes of dramatic tension, we must leave him now, standing nervously amongst the pigeons like some timorous St. Francis of Assisi. And to save time, we will simply appear above a particular house in leafy Surrey. There. Simon Mary is on the phone to a colleague. But, as proof for you, David, it says here, as I've been saying for years, that Rachman's orgasmic ergonomic states that when two quasi-concepts are randomly created from chaotic promulgation scenarios, the resulting proto-logic can only be serialised as an identifiable and eschatological ideology. Do I have to spell it out for you every time, David? Oh, forget it! Yes, Simon Mary here. Hello, dear. Who is this? It's Nicola, dear. You know, your wife. I sort of vaguely remember, yes. Everything all right, darling? Really quite hunky-dory, actually. Lost my job at the department today. According to old Sweeney, I've not had a single new idea for months, which is, of course, a bloody joke coming from him. You know, he's old... Here, I'm not coming home this evening. Oh, surprise, surprise. I've missed the last train and I've got an early start, so I'm bedding down at Veronica's place. What, Peter Veronica's place? He likes to be called Angelica now. Angelica Veronica. It's laughable. I could laugh if he was gay. <laughs> there, I just did anyway. Yes, dear. Oh, God, where did it all go wrong, Nicola? We'll talk about it tomorrow, Simon. Kiss Philip goodnight for me. Philip! Yes, um, goodbye. Mister, I, I finished. Philip! <gasps> Okay then, Philip. There's a good boy. Daddy's proud you've finished having your pee-pee. And you've been cutting your hair as well. Just hand the razor back to Dad. Great. And I'm your daddy. Don't call me mister. Okay. So, into bed, is it? Mummy makes me wear pyjamas. Yes, I know, but you wouldn't believe some of the things Mummy makes me wear. Not anymore, though. Straight into bed. Good boy. Night-night. Mind the things biting. I've got my shoes on. Good boy, good boy. Night-night. Good night. Mummy reads me a story before bed. Yes, of course. That's why I've got this book. <laughs> Let's see. Rachman's ergonomics. No, 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 no. Ah, here's one. A treatise on the way things really are. A spiritual and metaphysical examination of the truths denied us by Brian Hovis. I've not heard that one, mister. No, neither have I. Right. From the start, here we go. I put my hand on my heart and simply say to you now that there exists in this world a tremendous secret. And I'm not talking metaphysical bollocks, oh no. My research has led me to a truth that is vast and awesome and terrible, and so I write this in an attempt to bring this knowledge to the light of the consciousness of mankind, and thereby save us all. So, reader, take a deep breath, and a large slug of whiskey. Oh... Here you go, Philip. No, thanks, mister. Suit yourself. Where were we? Ah, and so I begin to unfold. I first stumbled on this incredible and complex truth on the, on the 22nd of October 1999, whilst heading an archaeological dig near Pichcopachco in Peru. The dig was a complete fucking waste of time. However, during one of our usual Monday night games of strip poker whilst tripping on mescaline, an event the boys and I had always anticipated with gusto, we were interrupted by a rather domestic and impassive official from the Pitchkopachkian Civil and Choral Planning Department who excitedly bade me follow him into the depths of the old quarter of the town whilst gesticulating wildly. 
I bid you follow me, senor, into the depths of the old corridor of the town whilst gesticulating wildly. We set off at a good pace, through the dark and dilapidated alleyways, my gesticulating growing in confidence as the moon rode between the sky and the buildings, until finally we stood within the ruined ladies' toilets of the long-abandoned Pitchkapatchkian Museum of Ancient Musical and Fertility Instruments. The civil and choral Pitchkapatchkian's face creased as his hand delicately probed around inside the cistern. His eyes lit up as he found the object of his search. He was handing me a faded parchment. It seemed to be a kind of letter addressed to someone called Blix, but this was no ordinary written letter. For as I opened the scroll, an eerie light sprang from the page, growing in the darkness before us. I instantly recognized it as some kind of fiendish holographic image. In seconds, a great scaly green entity floated before us, and just as I realized I could not release my hold from the parchment, it spoke. Yea, and thrice yea, to the awareness of our nested cosmic consciousness. For we are the Blicks from the system of Glibits, known and held in respect by all in the Continuum. I, Dildo Blix, send this epistle to you, Bolax Blix, safe in our homeworld of Glibits Prime. How is the gout, by the way? Not stopping you from getting out of the dome once in a while, I hope. Anyway, was it really only a decade ago that we stood in the caverns of Callistor and listened in awe to the words of the great 374th ubiquitous progenitor, marshal of the secret squadrons, dilatory leader of the Blix, our boss, when he said, Hello, I'm here. Hello there, hello. As you know, many years ago, my great, 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 Grandfather, the 127th ubiquitous progenitor, re-engineered the great messiah gene in some humans, just two of them, in the hope that the gene would have manifested itself in the right way for us to commune with one of their descendants on a new spiritual level. The time is now. The human's race will be a fruitful, peace-loving, all-intelligent race. Valuable to the rest of the cosmos. Right. We'll start in 30 days from now. In the meantime, just find something to do. I'm going incognito to Sweden for a month's break. You can pick me up there. Bye! Ah, my nourishing friend. 30 days later, I vibulated your primary rump tubes in farewell and made the short hop to Earth. But where was our great 374th ubiquitous progenitor? We have searched for him in vain, and even in Minsk, but without success. Soon we must consider performing the great inducement without him. And to that end, we will begin our search for the one human. The Interstellar Postal Service being what it is, I don't hold out much hope. I mean, this could end up in any twat's hands. The loathsome voice ceased its peroration, and what I had innocently mistaken for a scroll of parchment glowed intensely, for a moment, then disintegrated within my trembling hands. The room was completely silent, except for the constant drip-drip of water. My laboured breathing, the chittering of bats in the rafters, 
The tenor practicing scales in a tenement close by, its jets flying overhead, and a lorry rumbling down a hill outside. Sweet baby, Gazer! The civil and choral planning Pitchkapachkian, who all this while had been evacuating his bowels in a conveniently nearby toilet stall, shuffled towards me, his face, like mine, white with fear, his trousers forgotten around his ankles. We hugged each other, desperate for some little comfort. It was then that the door burst inwards to reveal the Pitchkapachkian chief of police and sanitation, wearing a moustache and a look of hardened contempt upon his little face. From a distance my mind called out to me the phrase, Compromising position, Brian. Bubby always reads to me about the nice young boy with the talking dog. Simply concentrate on what I'm reading, Philip. It was a full, activity-packed and smelly fortnight later that I stepped out from the jail, past the stern visage of the chief of police and sanitation, into the morning sunshine. To convince the authorities that I was innocent of soliciting and sexual perversion had taken all my powers of persuasion, my Italian leather shoes and my gold wristwatch. Standing barefoot in the street with no idea of how I was to... Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today get home all the time I pondered my next move Oi, Philip Wake up! Do you think I'm reading this my own benefit? Sorry, mister Right, here we go Then it came to me Any trace of this great 374th ubiquitous progenitor person would have to be sought in Sweden It was an impossibly long shot, though the trail was at least ten years old, and I had better and safer things to do than ponce about after some disguised alien mentioned in a hollow message in a disused toilet. But, bugger it, I thought. Let's go to Sweden. Schmergen! Danzig Schmergen! Several months later, and after endless nights spent poring over Scandinavian folk tales and newspaper reports of UFO sightings from the last decade... I could no longer claim to possess perfect 2020 vision. However, the next day found me squatting with my new pair of bifocals and a wire brush under the watchful concern of the curator at the altar of the church of St. Theodoric the Terrible. A few moments of archaeological elbow grease had revealed a clue beyond my wildest hope. For there, etched into the stone were the words... 
374th ubiquitous progenitor was here. My expert gaze also pinpointed a very large arrow leading down the flagstone at my feet. With well-schooled hands, I raised the stone and recovered an ancient scroll from within. It seemed to be some kind of family tree dating back thousands of years. The curator's look of utter wide-mouthed astonishment was only marred by his ochre pullover or jersey. Hey, I have to point out to you that I remember the graffiti guy. I had to be in earth fishing for fish-type things for the annual fish festival. Every part of the fish is used, and different kinds of fish also. I shouted, Hey, graffiti guy, you can have no right to be writing graffiti here, I think. I dropped the fish and pulled out my Rolf's cracker, or fish flashing knife, and ran at him, growling like a bear in a berserker rage. <laughs> I did not mean to scare him, but a great fear came upon him, and he jumping past me and running. But he seemed to slip on the fishy and smacked his head out cold boomf. He couldn't remember anything. The pole ice came. He is spending a night in his cells and then he couldn't remember anything. The pole ice came. So they take him to my cousin, Dr. Wien Bladak Smurtersen, in the hospital of St. Prunella in the next town. A short three and a half hour taxi ride later and I was in the slightly fish-smelling consulting room of Dr. Vin Bloodax Smertson. Did you find anything odd when you examined him? I asked with bated breath. The doctor's eyes widened. What I saw is unbelievable. In fact, I couldn't believe it, he gasped. The scan showed two brains. The man had two brains. I am being so shocked, I nearly dropped the fish out of my beard. I knocked back my lagers quickly and was just about to wonder what I'm next doing when a couple of black sooty guys with the ties and the sunglasses walked in, took away the x-rays and said they would kill me if ever I tell anyone these stories. So I swore that I would never tell anyone these stories. I was about to reply, but you've just told me the whole story, doctor, but only got as far as but and my riposte was suddenly ended by a 7.62-millimeter uranium-depleted bullet puncturing the window and his forehead, emerging two picoseconds later from the ragged ruin that had once been the back of his skull. It chinked, uselessly, mockingly, yet somewhat lyrically, I felt, on the floor of the fishy ex-doctor's consulting room. I held him in my arms as a... Mister, what's a picosecond? I held him in my arms as his body jerked uncontrollably in its final spasms, blood welling and pumping from his lower cranium. Then all was silent, apart from the drip, drip of the blood. The hospital cleaner buffing the hallway tiles... A touring tenor guest vocaling with the local Swedish male voice choir. The roar of the crowd in the local fish hurling stadium nearby. And the pneumatic drill in the room above for all of heaven and earth's angels and ministers of grace. Defend me! I booked into a hotel in a fit of paranoia. Attempted to camouflage myself by lying down on a white bedsheet. But in the end, I couldn't sleep and spent three hours scrubbing my corduroy trousers.
Theodosius Pennington yet stands naked and confused upon the tower of St. Prunella's church. Several of the adoring pigeons who decided to hang around are preening themselves upon his shoulder as he gazes upward once again at the immense cloud hovering mere feet above the pigeons sitting on his head. Yea, and thrice yea to the nested awareness of our cosmic consciousness. What is your name, human? Uh, Theodosius. Theodor or something? Yeah, Theodosius. Uh, Theodos? Uh, yeah, no, Theodosius. Exactly! Not Theo, nor Theodos or Theodore, but Theodosius. 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 So, Theodosius. Yes. Theodosius what? Pennington. Theodosius Pennington. And, uh, is that with a, a double M? Theo? Hey? Hm? Um, well, yes, this is the accepted spelling of my name, yes. But I'm quite confused. Anyway, require your presence aboard a ship, you man. By some strange power beyond our ken, Theodosius Pennington is pulled quickly upward along the beam of light into the cloud, which immediately begins to revolve and glide away from the tower. It gains in speed and disappears unreasonably fast over the horizon, leaving the pigeons in a stunned silence beneath a now cloudless, starry sky. I hurriedly must now complete the end of this chapter, as I feel the poison, no doubt inflicted upon me by those same men in black, beginning to make my heart beat sluggishly, and my eyes begin to lose focus, and the sweat begin to pour down my face, my temperature slowly decrease. My fingers itch slightly, including an interesting little tingling sensation in the palm of my hand. My anal sphincter is expanding and contracting. I don't think there's any chance of me actually soiling myself, but you know, when it just starts to go a little, well, it's a bit like that. So I must hurry now and forego the pleasure of relating my recent glamorous adventures. Let it suffice to say that my experience of the last two weeks have filled in a great deal more of the story, which amounts to this. They are here among us now, the Blicks from Glibitz, but they came here before. Many thousands of years in our past, the 127th great ubiquitous progenitor, hiding in a tree somewhere in Mesopotamia, seized his moment and implanted a genetic alteration in a certain Alice and Steve, a young, naive couple working as landscape gardeners in the garden of one Mr. E. Dan. Since then, the genetic clock has been ticking, and the code has been mutating subtly through the long centuries, and has reached its final conclusion within one solitary human being. And the Bleaks, they have come for him, to perform something they call the Grand Inducement. Yet, without their missing leader, the 374th progenitor, and the genealogy scroll now in my possession, I fear that instead of the glorious new dawn they envisage, it will be a genesis of an era of hell. For the sake of mankind and baby Yezu, I pray that someone reads this publication and takes up the cause, or I can do no more. Larry! The scroll! It's in my trousers next to my lucky rabbit's foot and my fruity polos. Oh, God! Uh, no! I'm dying, I think. Oh, God, what's that?
Did the nice-talking man die, mister? Yes, Philip, and the nice-talking man died quite horribly and dramatically. There, there. Good night, good night. Hmm. Intriguing, though. Absolutely intriguing. <coughs> Yea, and thrice yea, for the grand inducement has been completed. Yea, and thrice yea. Step out of the inducement chamber, Theodosius Pentwell. I'm pretty certain it's been completed. I mean, I'm not sure what this last banker switches is for, and those crystal pressure pants. <whistles> what are they all about, eh? Search me. I suppose that's why only the great ubiquitous progenitists are allowed anywhere near the machine. Still, we had no choice, did we? No. Step out of the inducer chamber, Theodosius Pennington, and go forth and meet your destiny. Look, lads, I'm still a trifle confused. What was the chosen location for Inception? Well, a few of us seem to remember the progenitor saying it was to be the Gobi Desert. Perhaps. Are you sure? I think I'm sure. Very, very well. The Gobi Desert. Engage Transmatter Beam. Could you just answer me one simple question, please? What? Since I woke up this morning, I've been a trifle confused. The huge and inhospitable Gobi Desert, full of stones and empty of movement. Theodosius Pennington stands naked on the rock upon which he was so rudely deposited. He watches the blue scintillating beam of light contracting upwards back into the black of the sky until it winks out of existence and he is truly alone. But then he has always been alone. Ooh, it's a bit cold, is this? His face is as ever unreadable as he looks out at the dark and stony monotony and he remains, in his own words, a trifle confused. He blinks. Some moments pass and nothing happens. He blinks again. But now, listener, the sun is rising in strands afar remote from the Gobi Desert. And while Philip experiences the most terrible nightmares, his father, Simon Mary, swirls the ice in his glass of scotch and experiences the pangs of love, a suburban claustrophobia and the allure of adventure. And in the house on the hill in Budley Salterton, a man called Jürgen Ferbelson crouches in the early spring morning with his right foot firmly cemented into the patio he had been building. His hair is singed and his tie has been cut off at the knot. But luckily he has been rendered immobile just outside the patio doors and he is already eyeing the phone on its rather natty little Regency-style table just within reach when it sings out to him of its own accord. I'm here. Hello there. Hello. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.